Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Nickish with your boys Mo and Nafi. And we got a special episode today because we'll be joined by our first guest of season four. But before we get to that, we want to do a quick uh, shameless self promo. Uh, this past week marked the first time that Nick has dropped merch for our brand. And uh, we're, we're very humble by the reception we've gotten. We're very thankful for everyone who's copped a Nickish hat and hoodie. And if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to check out our new website, nick-ish.com. And get yourself a pretty uh, pretty dope hoodie, if we say so ourselves. You know, keep yourselves warm out there. Stylish, too. Just uh, if I that, say so for myself. That as well. That as well. Um, but... With, that, with all that being said, uh, we have with us tonight Brett from Fireside Knicks of Empire uh, Sports Media. Uh, welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing tonight? Hey, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, you may have caught me at the lowest point of the entire season, but <laughs> I always like talking Knicks. I always have, have fun talking Knicks, so it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you on. Uh, I like to joke with Mo on a couple of our episodes that I don't think we've seen rock bottom yet, but it's looming. <laughs> Definitely feels like it's looming very close right now. Um, so definitely not the best time of the season to have you on. But, you know, we're Knicks fans. We're kind of used to just uh, jaded tone to our conversations, you know. <laughs> well, the thing about rock bottom is you always think you're there. I thought we were rock bottom a few years ago, you know, 10 years ago, then five years ago. Yep, and, yep. Um, you know, I'm going to be optimistic and say that last night was rock bottom. Um, you know, I know we'll get into the game and we'll talk about the rest of, this, you know, the outlook of the season. But that's my optimistic view. Well, you know what? Let's let's get right into it. This is this is probably your first chance of really uh, publicly speaking to last night's game against the Cavs. Uh, the Knicks lost that game. It was it was a uh, the, the number. You know, the final score of the game doesn't really speak the full story for anyone who didn't watch the game. The Knicks lost ninety five ninety three to the to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, and that final shot by Julius Randle did not even touch rim. Um, but let's let's go straight to you, Brett. What are your quick thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a game they sort of had to have. Um, you know, lost three in a row and, you know, bounced back with that flipper game. Um, and, you know, at some point you got to get momentum going. And Cleveland's a good team. They have a good record, but they're beatable. And they didn't have Jared Allen, who's been awesome this season. Um, so, you know, they're a beatable team. Uh, you know, the game started okay. It's always there's always a stretch in the game that, that does us in. And it was that third quarter and it was Kevin love who, you know, hasn't been around the last couple of years, but when the Knicks come to town, he's going ham on the threes. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, it, some of them were open, but he was also just shooting the lights out. Um, we, you know, we lost focus for that, that quick stretch in the third. And, and that was enough. Um, you know, they fought hard. They fought back, which I'm saying all the time in these podcasts, you, you know, they fight, they don't give up, but at some point it does, it's not enough, you know, moral victories at this point of the season don't help. Um, you know, they came back from 15, but you know, it's sort of the story of this season. It's lack of execution in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they don't have a, a true starting point guard. Um, you know, Kemba has been okay, but he's, you know, if we're just going off starting point guards, he's easily one of the worst in the league. Um, you know, sometimes you have Burks out there who's not a real point guard or Randall. 
And, you know, I think that's what got us. We got back, we tied the game and um, lack of execution at the end, you know, did us in. Good points, especially the point guard point. Um, I, I don't know how you generally feel about Kemba this season, but I also, but my biggest takeaway is I'm just super disappointed in what we've seen. I mean, a, a injury situation aside, I felt like, yeah, we knew his defensive downsides coming in with him being a kind of a marquee addition, but we all kind of felt like that his offense would outweigh that. And I feel like that hasn't been the case this season. So as far as like the point guard situation, you alluded to Burks not being a point guard. Um, my biggest question right now is what's stopping IQ from stepping in and being that point guard right now? Is that the move you would make from your perspective? Well, what's stopping that I would say is tips for whatever oh, yeah. reason. Um, you know, listen, I, I tweeted last night, like uh, a, a play OB and quickly more and then quickly had a one for 10 game and I felt like shit, but I'm, I'm a huge quickly <laughs> fan. I bought a house on quickly Island last year. Um, you could tell right away. He has confidence. He has swagger. He loves playing the garden. You know, he's a 91 or whatever he is, free throw shooter. That, that sh- that's the biggest indicator of how good of a shooter someone is. Um, he's going through a little rough stretch right now. Um, I don't, and, he, and he's playing good defense. Last year in his rookie season, um, you know, I honestly thought he'd be a crappy defender his whole career after seeing last season because he's, you know, he's thin, he's not too long. He's playing good defense because he's, he's tough, he, he's quick. Um, I don't see why, why quickly can't be the starting point guard. Um, you know, he's got to take care of the ball a little more, but he, he's fine. He could find guys. Uh, you know, like I said, he has that confidence. I love quick. Yeah. And you know, when you see how Kemba played last night, it makes a bit more sense despite the one for 10 shooting night, uh, quickly just with that defensive upside that he has that at least he's shown so far, he opens up the floor to more transition opportunities. He's picking up more steals. And uh, his shots, you know, his shot selection could, you know, have some work. And what, what, what was going through your mind when he saw that last shot that he took from 30 feet out, 30 feet out. And uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but what were you thinking? That hurt me because what I just said, I love his confidence. I love his swagger, but chill quick like that, especially (laughs) when you're, when you're one for nine and there was time on the shot clock. I remember he shot that. And then I like had to do a quick look to the shot clock. Um, I think there's like 15 seconds left. That was rough. I, I can't defend that. That was rough. Um, you know, he just kind of thought he was going to hit a big shot, but it wasn't his night. Um, but you know, he let wait, where are the Knicks? They're in, uh, they're in Miami. He landed. This is sort of one of those things that you see on Twitter and doesn't really matter or not. He, they, Knicks landed and he was in the gym shooting two hours later. Um, so, that. you know, that one for 10 bothered him. Definitely. I feel like the one for 10 kind of, underlines an underrated storyline with quick this season. I'm a big fan of his as well. I've loved the kind of growth he's shown as a passer and also defensively, but his shot selection has been suspect to, to say the least. But to your point about him being, you know, the ideal starting option right now, I think his shot selection will be a lot better if he's playing off of our two primary exactly. playmakers. And if you look at kind of just the on-off data, we're not big numbers guy, but, you know, we do weigh them pretty heavily just because they kind of do encompass what the eye literally can't see. And all the numbers say RJ and Julius play really well with IQ. So it's just, I don't know. I don't, it's really just a tip situation, and I don't know what to make of it, you know? The other thing is, besides just playing with the starters, I think if he was a starter and didn't have to – you know, he's not playing. I think he's playing 20 minutes a game. He's coming in and he wants to get his shots up and he wants to make an impact and he's trying to get more playing time. So if he sort of had that, that security, I feel like he would press a little less 
And yes, he would have scores in the lineup with him. And, and I, I agree with you. I think the shot selection would get better. Now to you, is it more about finding a better starting point guard uh, via trade or another route and kind of maybe keeping IQ to the bench? Cause we have sort of a bread and butter with our bench. It's been, you know, uh, objectively one of the best benches in the NBA. W- would you rather see the Knicks make a potential trade or move IQ up? Is he ready for that role and, you know, affect the benches play in the games? I mean, listen, if, if we want the Knicks to win a championship, you know, you, you need a point guard, you need a top 10 point guard. You look at the best teams in this league, you know, the Lakers, the Nets, the Bucks, sort of about the really. Lakers, but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm watching this Lakers. I'm watching this Lakers Nets game and they're on my mind, but oh, um, you know, there's so many good point guards in this league at this point and their scores and, and, you know, you need one of them at, you know, at the same time right now, I think quickly should be the starter because is that star point guard out there for us? We could talk about De'Aaron Fox who first of all, won't come easily has a big price tag and isn't a top 10 point guard in the league at this point. Um, so at, at this point, I'm saying start quickly. Um, you know, are you, are you, do you guys want Kemba to get zero minutes? Do you want them to trade him? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I can jump in on that real quick. I think I'm almost at the point where I'm ready to pull the plug on the Kemba experiment. Like it was really cool. You know, they had fat Joe at his press conference, the whole <laughs> homecoming narrative was sold to high heavens, but the, the production hasn't been there. The injury situation is murky at best just because, you know, they shut him down and he was gone for three weeks and then he was suddenly back in the lineup, you know, and then I just feel like he's not offering enough on the court to really depend on him in that way, you know? So my first instinct is if there's a deal out there and I know he has a pretty reasonable salary, I would, you know, ship him off for the best kind of package we can get, you know? And I feel like, you know, we've got oh. D-Rolls coming. We've got McBride kind of killing it in the G League. I just don't see Kemba part of the equation in terms of turning the season around. Yeah. I don't think there's any real value. You know, I don't think any team has given us anything for him at the same time. That doesn't mean they can't ship him out. And yeah, Deuce McBride was awesome in those couple of games he played. Um, Derek Rose should be back in a couple of weeks. He was kind of our best player. Um, People kind of, people forget that it's, it's easy to forget that with this, uh, you know, kind of this losing streak. Um, But you know, long-term, the point guard situation, the Knicks have been looking for their point guard for the last 10 years. We haven't mm-hmm. had an all-star point guard. You know, it's been Raymond Felton, potentially, our best point guard of the last 10 years. Oh, um, it's sad to say. And we keep searching. And, you know, Quickly is a solid point guard, maybe a solid score. You know, he's not, he's not going to win a championship for us. Right. Yeah, and, you know, he is getting better. He did dish out six assists last night uh, when he saw that that shot wasn't falling in. But I want to pivot over to probably the most impressive player last night after R.J. Barrett won. Quentin Grimes mm. uh, has Grimey. the highest plus minus of uh, the team with, with plus 21, dropped 12 points, had a very important role uh, to bring the Knicks back up when they were down. So Quentin Grimes, what's your, what, are your, what are your quick thoughts on him? Is he ready to take on much more minutes that you know a lot of Knicks wear seems to think, or should we you know slow the breaks down a little bit and then you know get him to do it consistently? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Quinn Grimes fan. Um, you know, late first round pick, didn't expect too much. Knew he wasn't going to play too much in the beginning of the season. He's been, you know, he's exceeded my expectations. Four for six from three last night. He has a beautiful shot. It's quick. It's sort of Clay Thompson, Ray Allen ish. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. 
but it's beautiful. Um, and he plays defense. He wants to play defense and he has a, he has a, you know, he has a good body and he's quick. Um, listen, I don't, I'm not expecting him to play 30 minutes a game, but I, I, I'd like him to get real minutes. I don't know what he's averaging right now, but you know, recently it's more, um, but now with Cam Reddish coming in the fold, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, I'm happy with Grimes. I like him to take up a little bit and, you know, Tibbs trusted him last night to play the crunch time, which I can't remember recently that, that Grimes has done. Um, so that's a step in the right direction. And is he ready yeah. to start right now? Or you think uh, you want to see a little bit more? Not that I, I need to see more. I just, to me, the starters actually don't matter as much. I want to see his minutes ticked up now. Um, uh, Nafi, you said with, with IQ, he might be better with the starters. In some situations, maybe it does with chemistry, but something like Grimes, I just want to see those minutes ticked up a little bit. If he's playing mm-hmm. well, give him some crunch time minutes. Um, you know, he can hit big shots. He can play defense. I think I had two big takeaways to kind of piggyback off what you said. Um, I definitely want to see Grimes' minutes just not just tick up, but exponentially okay. get there. And I feel like last night, kind of underlined Tibbs's love for Grimes just because I saw he switched Grimes onto Garland for much of the game. And you yeah. look at Garland's shooting numbers, they are not pretty. And I know he had some, you know, timely buckets at the end, but Grimes held his own against Garland. Like you said, he played crunch time and we know what he does as a shooter. He's showing so just, I'm just impressed by his on-ball defense, kind of uh, his in- instincts on transition defense as well. So I'm thinking... You know, if Tibbs is kind of as rigid as he is, he likes having that bench unit together. He likes having IQ as the gunner off the bench. Maybe we can be bold and switch, you know, Grimes into the starting lineup. If in this scenario where Kemba isn't, you know, let's say Kemba's back in exile, uh, we put Grimes <laughs> out there with RJ and Fournier, Randall, Mitch. I would die to see that lineup just because I feel like it's probably the most balanced lineup we can see um, with the current roster as is. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Or Sorry, is he said, not ready for said, showtime yet? You said Grimes, RJ, Fournier, Julius, uh, and, Mitch. and Mitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have a true point guard out there, um, which is not always an issue. We, we, you know, we were doing that with Birds for a while. Um, you know, I, I, I throw it out there. You know, I, th- I throw it out there. Why not see if Grimes could step up even a little more? Um, maybe just something about that starter role even kicks another gear in him. Um, I don't see Tibbs doing it, to be honest. Um, I, you know, he's rigid, as I think you just said. He's been a little less rigid, a couple of things here and there. Um, but it's even like now that Kemba had a couple of those good games, I almost feel like now he's in a tough place to, to sort of reverse it because then he'd be reversing it twice. And, you know, Tibbs, you know, he's sort of taken an L, even though he's not, you know, he, he's tough. Um, but you know that's kind of what I thought. Think about that. So, so Nafi, who would be handling the ball in that situation? You're thinking Randall. Yeah, I mean exactly as kind of what we saw those Burks lineups out there. He wasn't really a point guard. His role was just to bring the ball up and it's give it to ball. either Archer or Julius, and you know just be kind of like that release valve when you know those guys needed to kick it out to a shooter. And we know what Grimes can bring as a shooter. And the starting idea really popped in my head as a light bulb last night, just because. I was just so impressed how he was looking guarding Darius Garland, who's really turned himself into a really good point guard. And I'm like thinking to myself, you know, he can address kind of the point of attack defense, which is a weakness with Kemba as a starter and Burks as a starter, because Grimes has shown more 
laterally as a defender than either of those two vets have. And I feel like as far as his offensive game, you know, people are very high on him for a good reason because he's like that consummate three and D player, you know, like he's not high usage, he's low maintenance. And I love also when you watch him off ball, he knows how to relocate really well as a shooter. Like he he knows that like when a guy's in trouble, he'll run to a certain angle on the floor and be there like in that, in their kind of sight, you know what I mean? To get that pass and fire it up quick. So it may yeah. sound like I'm overrating our rookie, which, you know, Knicks fans tend to that's do. That's what we do. No, that's what we do. It's all good. <laughs> but, you know, I've got to trust what my eyes say and the numbers say the same thing. So I don't know. Like, I'm I'm with Brett as well. Tibbs probably won't do that. But it's just something I feel like, you know, as a thought exercise, it's intriguing to me. And it's yeah. all really because of what Grimes has done so far. Yeah, hey, we and- thought... Sorry, uh-huh. or stay. We thought Kevin Knox was going to be an all-star. So that's what we do. We, we see a little glimpse <laughs> and, and we run through the wall. <laughs> yeah. True, true. I, Quentin Grimes, the way he's been playing so far, kind of reminds me of Danny Green a little bit with that 3 and D style. But the difference mm-hmm. between those two is that Danny Green would never put the ball on the floor. But Quentin Grimes has that capability of that pull-up jumper and just at least dribbling the ball. Um, but I think, you know, down the road, maybe we'll see him slide into a two-roll and RJ, you know, bulking up a little bit more, slide into that three-roll and Fournier will be out of here. Um, so last night's loss, a lot of people will point at Julius Randle, uh, the, the star of the Knicks, he's known as the engine and it works both ways. The Knicks can win a lot of games because of Randle and looks like this season, especially they can lose a lot of game because of Julius Randle. Now is this game, is this L Julius Randle's, is he the main benefactor, not benefactor? Is he the main reason why we lost this game? Ultimately the one reason. He is the main reason the Knicks have disappointed this season. I'll say that, mm. Um, mm. you know, he's shooting 41% this year. He takes the most shots on the Knicks. John Macri put out a stat. Um, the top 38 usage guys in the league, he has the lowest field goal percentage of them all. You, you can't win games or a lot of them when your top scorer, the the guy that shoots the most is just not hitting shots. Um, now, last year, I think he, you know, overachieved on his shooting. Um, and this year, he's underachieving. I think it should be somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's this bad, and I don't think he's as good as last year. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a good game the other night versus the Clippers. Um, he wasn't good. He wasn't good last night. I was just wanting to look up his yeah. box score. Uh, six for 17, points. four turnovers. You know, it's not going to get it done. A minus 22. I don't love the plus minus that the Nick fans have been loving recently, but he wasn't good. I mean, RJ wasn't efficient. Uh, RJ was good, actually, 9 and 16. Um, yeah, I mean, Randall's the biggest, the biggest reason for the disappointment and part of the reason for the loss last night. I have a kind of follow up to that because it seems, you know, I'm, I'm agree- in, a, in agreement with you. Randall is probably the biggest culprit for the the season unfolding the way it has. But I feel like a lot of folks, especially on Nick's Twitter, will point at Tibbs first. So what do you think of that dichotomy? Because I feel like a lot of what Tibbs, you know, his coaching errors this season, they're all tied to the fact that he's trying to kind of protect his guy, who is Julius, you know? So he's, you know, like benching Kemba and not really giving Obi minutes. It's kind of tied to the fact that, you know, Julius is his guy. So what are your thoughts on that? Listen, Julius was awesome last year and coach was, uh, tips was coach of the year. So t- mm-hmm. he rode Julius to the coach of the year and, you know, he's going to try to ride him again. 
you know, the fact is that the Knicks' highest potential is with Julius playing well and Julius playing a bunch of minutes. Um, that being said, their floor might be lower when he's playing a bunch of minutes because, you know, he's, he's not shooting the ball well. He's turning the ball over. It goes back to what we said 10 minutes ago. Tibbs is stubborn. Um, you know, he rode Julius last year. They paid him this offseason. Now, I'm not, ask, I'm not expecting Tibbs to bench him, but I would like Randall's minutes to just tick down a little bit, throw Obi up a few more minutes, throw Quick a few more minutes. Um, you know, even maybe, you know, even like Taj or Noel, just sort of balance it out more. We can't, you know, we're not going to be able to ride Julius like we did last year. He was a beast. He played a bunch of minutes. He, he scored. He assisted. Um, yeah, Tibbs is, it, it's, it goes back. Tibbs is being stubborn and he's not, is he not seeing it or is he just trying to get through and get the best out of him? You know, I don't know. Right. And we have seen Randall play poorly his first season uh, on the Knicks, but he turned it around the following season, which was last year's campaign. And a lot of people, you know, point to that as a reason for optimism for, for Randall. Do you, do you kind of follow that same kind of, uh, you know, mindset or at this point, you know, is Randall uh, not going to be able to make that kind of turnaround again? Yeah. I mean, I, I think this player we saw last year is gone. Um, mm. And the player we see in this year could stick around, but I still have a little faith. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it was early in the season. He just kind of wasn't locked in. You saw on defense a little bit. I don't see that as much anymore. There were more like defensive lapses and just sort of getting lost. I don't see that as much anymore. Maybe because, uh, the fan base was all over him, uh, both online and literally in, in the garden. Um, you know, he's missing more shots than he should. He, he hit all these shots last year, like these mid range, the ones on the baseline fading away that aren't good shots, but he hit them last year. And at some point you gotta, you, you know, you gotta go away from those. His bully ball works. I love his bully ball. Um, he did it at a big point last night to tie it up, tie up the game. Listen, as a Nick fan, I got to be optimistic that he's going to step it up because like I said, unless we trade him and I, and I just don't really see how that goes. I don't see a path to that. We're not going to be a, a, a contender or even a playoff team without him. So I'm optimistic that he's going to step it up. Yeah. I mean, I, are you guys, are you, I, I don't know. I think it's all tied to his jumper, as you said, because you, I think I had a exchange with somebody on Twitter, but it's just like you could tell when his mid-range jumper is going like this season, he plays with a different energy, a swagger, you know, because it kind of opens up the rest of his offensive game. Um, the defenses kind of respect him more and he feels more confident making those passes out of the double team. But then there are these times where it's just kind of like the jumper isn't falling. So he gets down on himself and then he tries to do the bully ball thing, but his handle isn't quite that good enough to consistently do that as much as we love seeing him kind of put his chest into a defender's well, uh, you know body and then make a layup but i just don't think he's skilled enough without that jumper hitting for that to be an advantage you know well when when the bully ball goes bad it's it's bad it's it's ugly so i you know i shouldn't be saying that i love to see that because when he's doing it and he's throwing the ball out of bounds or it, it goes off his shoe then i'm i'm the first one on him so you're right it, it goes both ways it's not that simple yeah, weirdly enough, his Beyblading the way to the to the rim two seasons ago might have been more effective than what it looks like this season. I don't know. I I've been riding the King Julius bandwagon for the past two years, and I've been optimistic for pretty much this entire season up until last night. And yeah, that was for the a first time, for, you. <laughs> for the first for the first time, I I I don't know anymore. I don't I don't think he's gonna be able to turn it around. I think 
you know, after the first season, he kind of saw himself to be that prize free agent that signed with the Knicks. But I think this season he sees himself to be the leader who's failing. And now that he feels that pressure as a leader, who's not capable of getting these W's and playing as the way he did last season, I think, I think he's, he's in his head, but not in a way that he's able to dig himself out of there at this point. I think, I think it's a mental game for him. Uh, I remember, you know, kind of the same thing happened at Desmond Jr. That first game two seasons ago when uh, everybody was chanting for Frank and he lost all confidence. And, you know, Ugh. with Randall, he he's way more talented where he's capable of, you know, stringing a couple of good games here and there. But I, this is the most worried I've ever been for, for Randall. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to turn around. I think this is a good time as any to just kind of pivot to the trade talk. And I think, you know, Julius is the biggest name on the team. Brett, I'll ask you this flat out. Do you think it's time to pull the plug on the Julius experiment? Um, there seems to be a point guard that's not uh, quite, you know, out in Sacramento, that's not quite, you know, tied to his franchise and seems to be the subjects of some trade rumors. So that one, De'Aaron Fox. Do you think, you know, the framework of a De'Aaron Fox for Julius swap is what will kind of right the ship for this team? Or, you know... What are your general thoughts, basically, on the idea of trading Julius come February 3rd? Yeah, so, you know, just what I think might happen, I think it's unlikely. Um, That being said, if there was something like Fox, who I was a really big fan of, I've I've cooled a little bit on him. He's averaging 21 a game this year. I think five assists. He's shooting around 44% or so. Um, Getting paid a ton of money, more than Julius. Um, You know, I, I think... If it was something like that, I think I would pull the trigger on something like that. Um, I, you know, it pains me to say because I was so hyped after last season. Um, yep. I went to a couple of the playoff games and just being there, I was like, Julius is the guy that turned us around. Julius is the guy that is going to win us a playoff series. I'm not going to say championship, even though I probably was thinking that. Um, so, yeah, I think if if the offer, I don't know, that contract scares me because he hasn't been playing as good Fox and, and the Canes aren't as good as they should. Any year he's been there, they, they haven't been as good as they should have been. Um, but I think if we could get off of Randall and get an asset, I think I, I would pull the, pull the trigger. Let's say maybe not De'Aaron Fox, but let's say we could pull a trade and somehow net Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley and maybe trade Randall and Fournier, for example, you know, add some picks here and there. Uh, but let's say the, the main trade is Fournier, Randall for Bagley and Heald. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, the thing is, though, Bagley being tucked away in Sacramento, I don't know what's going on with him. I loved him out of Duke. He was awesome there. He was the second pick. He went above Luca, I believe. Oh, yeah. He went above, oh, went above Luca. Infamously. <laughs> yeah, Luca yeah. and Trey. Um, but, you know, it's funny – like I still picture him like that guy, like a talented guy, but if they're not even playing him out there, there must be something going on. Um, I like Buddy Hield a lot. I think the Lakers should have traded for him when those rumors were out there. I think that would have been a better fit with LeBron, um, which I think the Lakers would say now also. Um, so you're saying Randall and Fournier. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about Fournier. I was a pretty big fan of the season, but now I just, you know, he's, he's up and down. And when he's up, he's not, still not playing good defense. Um, so yeah, Fox. Yeah. I guess I'd pull the trigger on that. Get off of Randler, get off of Fournier. I like Buddy Heald. Maybe turn badly around. 
I mean, you know, Sacramento, they could probably give us a few picks, but then I feel like that's kind of puts us in a position where it looks like we're selling off assets to tank, you know, and I also don't feel like that's the front office, the current front office, that's their MO, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting I, thought exercise. Let me be clear. I don't want to tank. I, um, same, same. After, after years of like kind of wanting to tank the last, you know, eight years before last season, where it was always, you know, we just have to, you know, we have to turn this thing around. We have to get good picks. Like we're not making anything after getting that taste of the playoffs last year. I want to get back to the playoffs and I want to win a series. Um, you know, I, I think there is something just win one series. You know, if you saw what the garden was like in the playoffs and the atmosphere after that one, win we had, mm-hmm. you know, I used to always think like, is this move going to win you a championship? Now I, I think you just, if you could get better and win a playoff series, it, it means something. Agreed. And I also feel like kind of like, do you know, those decreased lottery odds of recent years, it kind of makes tanking a lot more hazardous. You know, um, we did the tank thing, you know, and then we ended up with RJ at three. I love RJ, but you see what happens when you put your, you know, you, you put all your eggs in the luck basket and then luck screws you. You know, we missed out on John Moran, Zion. Like I said, I love RJ, but it's, you know, the margin I mean, is yeah. that close, you know? So, I mean, we picked... We picked Frank Nilakina. We picked Kevin Knox. Uh, um, you know, I, I love OB too, but he's not, you know, he's not changing a franchise and snap of yeah. a finger. Uh, some, some teams got them, you know, John Moran did John Moran changed that franchise. They're a really good team now. Exactly. You know, we didn't get that luck. <laughs> I'd rather just kind of, you know, I feel like our formula right now is similar to what, you know, Brooklyn was doing before they got their big three or big two, or whatever. It's just, just keep winning, you know, build with the pieces you have and kind of get some vets that fit around the young players that you do have and bide your time until the next star is available. Um, so with that being said, is there kind of, you know, that white well out there as far as a star player that, you know, you've been thinking about as far as like that's somebody the front office should hone on or, you know, that, that has been linked to us and that's your guy, your target. Cause I see a lot of Knicks fans, you know, Devin Booker's name is thrown around. Donovan Mitchell obviously is thrown around. Um, but I just want to get your take. Is there that one guy for you or do you kind of want to just do a slow and steady build? I, I think what you made is a good point. You sort of slow and steady build until you have a chance to jump on something. You know, mm-hmm. these championships are won by superstars. Um, now going into the season, I thought, you know, Dame Lillard was that guy. Uh, you know, awesome score, awesome player has been in Portland his whole career. They've been struggling. They're kind of going nowhere. It was a good candidate for someone who wanted out. He said he wanted to stay. Did he really? Who knows? He's been hurt this season. He's also, I think he, was he 32 maybe? And he's, he's got his injury, you know, what is it? And it's a hip or I was just trying to look it up. Um, yeah, he's might be getting an abdomen surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he was the guy going into the season. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell. I love Donovan Mitchell. Um, He's a Met fan. He's a New Yorker. We have Johnny Bryant from the Jazz. You know, I, I love that. He's on a, you know, they just signed him to an extension, so we'd have him locked up for years. That's sort of a massive trade, though. That's that's a haul, like James Harden haul, you know, yeah. not quite Anthony Davis haul. You know, after building up these assets with young players and we have all our picks, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not so quick to throw everything away, but – He'd be awesome. Devin Booker, I I, I think that's you know, a pipe dream. Yeah. I think that's a pipe dream too. <laughs> Maybe if they didn't and, and that by the way, that's why they brought in Chris Paul. That's why they took a risk at Chris Paul, because you have to keep superstars in this league. 
And they knew that could have blown up. You know, they gave Chris Paul a lot of money and he's older. That could have been awful, but you know, you, you got to do that in, in this league. Right. And the Knicks need to do that. They need to get a point guard that could be a potential future coach like Chris Paul, like a Mike Conley kind of player. Um, but let's, let's talk, you know, near future, um, short-term future. The Knicks right now are, I believe two games below 500. Um, objectively speaking, do you see the Knicks making a push for the playing tournament? They are known to have one of the toughest schedules ahead, especially the next 10 I think it's the second toughest schedule in the league yep. for like the rest of the season. Good mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah, it's tough. Um, there were screenshots going around this morning. Um, so the Knicks are 23 and 25. They're a half game behind the Wizards for the 10th seed, which is the last spot. But they also have the Hawks behind them, which I expect to turn it around. So that's another team I believe they're going to have to leap. Um you know, I, I think they're going to push, you know, they're, it's a tough schedule, but I think they will start playing better because like you said, like we said, we're not tanking. Um, you know, Tibbs doesn't tank. Tibbs wants to win. He's going to push the guys. So I, I expect, I expect us to play better. You know, we have Denver coming up. I'm just looking at our schedule. We have a really tough schedule. Um, we have Miami coming up. I'm going to be optimistic. You know, I used to, you know, the old Knicks, I wouldn't be optimistic. I would just, you know, say the season sucks, but you got to be optimistic. It's more fun when they're winning. Um, I think we have the roster to, we do have the roster. I'm going to say we 100% do have the roster to be a playoff team. Agreed. So I don't see why we can't, I don't see why we can't make a push. All right. We don't um, have the roster. Listen, we're not a top five team. Everyone knows that, but you can't look at this roster and say there's not enough talent to be in at least a play on playing game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like it just really comes down to Tibbs pushing the right button, so to speak, and finding like the right combination, the right rotation. And he's almost there. It's just frustrating that like it feels like the answers are right there on the on the test paper for him and he's just not looking at them, you know. But that's just Tibbs. Um, I think we're getting to time. Mo can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I did have one last question to ask you. This is, you know, you mentioned optimism. This is gonna go in the whole other direction. Um, do you think coach Thibodeau will be coaching the Knicks at the start of the 2022, 2023 season? I do. Um, if you ask me the year after, maybe not, I think, mm. you know, with, with what he did last year, changing the culture after we were laughing stock, you know, he did it in one year, coach of the year, whatever. I, you know, I don't really care that much about the coach of the year award, but he was a good coach last year and he's having a bad season this year, you know, call it one-on-one. Um, you know, I just don't see, I don't see them giving up on him that quickly. Um, you know, I think he's the right guy for the culture and, you know, maybe with a couple moves here and there, it just sort of fits into place with the right guys. And Hey, sometimes, you know, we think they're pushing the right buttons, the wrong buttons, and it's just what, it's just the roster. It's just how guys are playing. And I, I don't see the front office. You know, that they've been patient with the roster. They've been patient in every other way. I don't see them being rash and getting rid of Tibbs. Right. And you know what? I think at the end of the day, Tibbs is a great coach for RJ Barrett, who I think mm. we can all agree is the future of the Knicks right now. And I think he's going to be able to get That's the best point. out of RJ. He's been doing it, you know, so far. And not many coaches in the NBA can handle the pressure of a New York media. And Tibbs has done a great job so far. He's He's done what he's had to do. And, you know, you can, you can get the best coach on paper and they're not going to be able to handle New York. We've seen it time and time again, uh, mm-hmm. where we'll just bring in a coach and they will be a laughing stock a year later. Um, but listen, Brett, we 
we're going to wrap this episode up. We really appreciate you coming on. Are there any, uh, you know, plugs you want to throw in? I mean, Fireside Knicks is awesome. Yeah, I you mean, guys have an excellent Twitter page. And you guys, you know, Empire Space Sports Media, we had, uh, um, you know, we had someone from your show a couple of years way back. back yeah, guys, way back then. Scooch, um, I think. Scooch, yeah. yeah. Cool people. And, and you guys write, you know, awesome articles. So, you know, where, where, can, where can people listening to this episode, you know, learn more about you and uh, Fireside? Yeah, so I, I'm on Fireside Knicks. Um, but just throw me a follow on, on Twitter, Brett underscore Handfling. And, you know, I sort of post. I do uh, game recaps every morning. Um, and I do podcasts once or twice a week and, you know, and I, uh, like to tweet through the games, good or bad. <laughs> so throw me a follow there and, uh, and you'll get to know me. Nice. Appreciate you having on, uh, or, or, you know, join us and, um, you know, Anytime. hopefully, you know, we can repay the favor at uh, sometime in the future, but yeah, thanks again. Anytime guys. This was awesome. Yep. Right. Yep. Thank you, Brett. And for those of you guys listening, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick is show. Make sure again, you check out our website, Nick ish.com. Uh, make sure you uh, give Brett a follow on fireside Knicks and check out empire sports media. Again, they write some awesome articles all the time until next time. Everyone take care. Peace. Peace.